Hello and welcome to the Film Week Podcast. I am your host, Serge. And I am Patrick. And we are at the end of Attack of the 90s Summer Blockbuster. And we're ending it with the biggest blockbuster of 1999, the highest grossing movie of 1999. Dogma. Dogma. No, dumbass. <laughs> Star Wars, Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. It's a, in which Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> becomes a fashionist. I did that joke earlier off mic. Yeah, yeah. my house. So, so we've, we're finally at the end. Look, the, this, look at the fucking... The poster <laughs> is cool. And look at it right in the bottom right corner under Obi-Wan is too fucking staring you right in the fucking face is starting. <laughs> like 99% cool poster and then there's that fucking... Fucking piece of Binks. shit. Uh, we'll get to his ass in a bit. Boodoo. When we get to Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> we even started. <laughs> oh, damn. Most of my problems with this movie are Jar Jar. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. We'll get to that shit. Yeah, go for it. Um, Do you think? Well, our final facts of this and... Never again. <laughs> I know if you like it, you for, do. No, no, I had no, a problem not, with it. I'm not gonna do it for like every movie. That's I only did it for nice summer blockbuster for nostalgia throwbacks. Uh, the week of May 19th, 1999. As we're recording, it is actually May 19th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's 19 years to the day this movie came out. Um, on this beautiful week, uh, Millennium by the Backstreet Boys is released, <sighs> featuring the hit single "I Want It That Way." Tell me why. Ain't nothing but a heartache. Tell me why. <laughs> Ain't nothing but a mistake. Oh. <laughs> Tell me it's why. Dumb, <laughs> I never want to hear you say, I want it that way. But the number one song on the charts is Living La Vida Loca by Ricky Martin. <laughs> ah. ah, yes. Latin heartthrob. Totally straight. Totally straight. All the way straight. Susan Lucci wins her first daytime Emmy after being nominated 19 times. Do you think Stanley Tucci is like a male counterpart to Susan Lucci? But he just came from another dimension. <laughs> yes. Like his dimension was falling apart. Stanley Tucci, they need you over there. But they already have a Lucci. Yeah. But they need a Tucci. So that's a shitty joke <laughs> that not, no one's going to laugh at. I like it. Uh, I don't even know. You it know was what? just a spur of the moment thing that my brain Side was note. like, you should say that. Side note. Oh. I like it when Funhouse, when Stanley Tucci was brought up on highest grossing actors. And they all just laugh. <laughs> It's true, though. Uh, sadly, the Wayne's Brothers has come to a close this weekend. The series ends. Oh, I was like, as, did they stop being brothers? As does Sister, Sister. <gasps> sister, Sister. So the brothers and the sisters are both gone from the WB. And then that kind of ends the chapter of what we were talking about with like uh, black presence in media. Remember? Yeah. Like, all the way back to last year, right before like this explosion of like amazing black artists came out mm-hmm. i felt like the 90s were like the last bastion of that for a good while yeah you know i totally agree um street fighter 3 third strike has now hit the arcade i never played i was never in street uh, i love street fighter um in sad news uh owen hart actually passes sadly passes away at over the edge in 1989 due to a failed uh stunt gone wrong yes everyone well anyone who's into wrestling is usually aware of that yeah, no, that was that. Do a sharpshooter in heaven for you, big guy. I remember, <laughs> I remember that weekend because that was actually really heartbreaking weekend. Like I couldn't believe it, and my uncles couldn't believe it. We were all just like, "No fucking way does that happen." Like, I remember hearing about it. I was like, "You can't die in wrestling." Yeah, like you can't die in a public thing like that. And that was like that, and many other things were the reason I was like, "I know oh, this is fake." Yeah, yeah, 
Now, for as for Star Wars, Star Wars actually did have competition this weekend. Surprisingly, a lot of movies moved away from that fucking date. There oh, was they found out. Yeah, there were no way in hell they were touching fucking this. But in independent releases, actually, and one sort of big one, but not really. Uh, the Straight Story by David Lynch, which is actually a straightforward movie uh-huh. directed by David Lynch about um, like a farmer driving his tractor across America. Okay. Produced by Disney. Interesting. Weird, huh? So there is a Disney-related David Lynch film out there. Yes, and only this only this is only for us and some people that like Jim Jarmusch. Motherfucking Ghost Dog with oh, the Samurai. Oh shit! It's fucking released one day before Star Wars. Damn. <laughs> An independent release. Okay. Like I saw. Oh, I like. I I saw that and I'm going through a list. I was like, fucking Ghost Dog is fucking amazing. Dude. Ghost Dog's an awesome movie. Ha- having a future Star Wars alum that in that movie. Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Deceptions. You've come to kill me. I was just There's waiting. nothing left of me. I, I was just waiting. <laughs> Pocalit. Nose. Holy fuck. Save the dream. Save the rebellion. This was him the entire fucking week. Rogue One came out. No bullshit. <laughs> we... we we only recorded one episode that time, and it was Harley Kumar. It was just... <laughs> <laughs> That's how you could tell. <laughs> just how he was really into Rogue One that time. Yeah. Oh, God. But we're not talking about Ghost Dog Way of the Samurai. Fuck. But we are talking about Star Wars. Episode 1. The Phantom Menace. You have pauses like Obama in his speeches. Star Wars. Episode Star Wars. Episode 1. The Phantom, the Phantom Menace. Me and Michelle watch it. We're big fans, but we appreciate it. Existing. This is the one where uh, Solid Snake is voiced by Kiefer Sutherland, right? <laughs> I got that game. <laughs> I've never played a Metal Gear in my life, you guys. <laughs> and I got that game because it was free, and I'm going to play it. And I'm not going to know what the fuck is going on. Sweet. That's the way to do it. No, Patrick. <laughs> so it is a, as Wikipedia defines it, an American epic space opera written and directed by... Famous goiter owner of the neck, <laughs> George Lucas. Who we've covered before with American Graffiti, which was the movie he did before Star Wars: A New Hope. Well, it was, yeah, it was like wait, that was like his first. Is that his first theatrical one? Uh, I think that's his face first motion like major like theater, not theater. Face like like the studio th- film. THX count? No, the THX was... is an indie film technically. Yeah, that's like, and I think that's a, like a culmination of his student work because I think he also, I think his thesis film was that, like a short shorter version of THX, and then he releases THX, and then he does American Graffiti, and then he does Star Wars. Yeah, and uh, this movie, as me and Patrick, fucking found out, is. Is uh, George Lucas's next movie after Star Wars: A New Hope? Yeah. He, so okay. So he does Star Wars as it was known in 1977. Was it 1977? 1977 when it came out. And then did and then it blew up. Became more of a producer, kind of um, managing and making sure that the pro- like property continued. He's still involved in the creative process, by the way. Everyone kind of, I think lately people have been really shitting on it and kind of trying to discredit Lucas on his creation. I feel like that's like kind of an underlying thing in the Star Wars fandom lately. I could agree. I could attest to that, yeah. But the dude was still like, this was still his plan. Like, he he would talk to the writers for the following movies and he would 
kind of go with what whatever was going on. They just didn't do it without his permission. Like these these were still his characters. Yeah. Uh, this was still his vision. He just couldn't. Uh, he found it hard to direct and then still manage like a lot of the things going on. He does that for the next two films, and then for the, like the next twenty two years, he's either a writer or producer. Yeah. Pro- he he writes and produces the Indiana Jones films. Um, Captain Howard, EO, Captain Willow. Um, fuck, what else? Uh, Labyrinth. Yeah, he like he does a like, he's. His like credit of work is actually higher than what most people want to give him credit for. Producers don't just handle the money; they make sure that things go on. Like the movie becomes the movie because a producer's like, "Hey, you gotta fucking do this movie," or it's like, "Hey, when I read the script, this is what we, what I thought, what, like what we thought was gonna happen," and you're veering off from that idea. Yeah, and, and the thing with Lucas as well as uh, the producers that time- also have creative say depending on how they yeah. go about it. And the other thing to add to that, or get that, like, there was two projects he had in mind to direct, too. Um, one being, I think, Radioland Murders. That ends up going to a different director. And then the other one being Red Tails, which also goes to a different director. I thought he did do Red Tails. He produced it. Yeah, he produced it. Okay. Produced it. He produced Red Tails. Um, but it was an idea he had in mind. Both of those ideas were ideas that originally started with him. This um, so this movie is like how many years? Did you, twenty-two did you years, because it came out in ninety-nine. So he took a twenty-two year break from like straight up directing, like straight up being like the director, and he's writer director in this. Yeah, it shows. Uh, <laughs> once again, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. So this movie, yeah. Um, when it uh, it the fuck everybody wanted this movie to come out so fucking badly, like no lie. Um, Everyone the, really shits on this one for some reason instead of episode two. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that in the review portion. Oh, this uh, everyone's anticipating it to the point that people went. The teaser trailer premiered or appeared on November thirteenth, nineteen ninety eight. People paid full admission to go see Meet Joe Black. Just so they could watch the Phantom Menace. That's that Brad Pitt movie, right? Yes, that's the Brad Pitt movie. Where he plays death? Uh, no, where I I forget. Maybe. Okay. Which which, uh, for those listening, please YouTube uh the clip in which he dies in that movie. It is amazing. Oh. He gets run. Uh, we could watch it before we watch the trailer. <laughs> it's amazing. Trust me. Um, the second trailer. <laughs> it's amazing. It's just it's just perfectly. <laughs> no. <laughs> A second trailer was released. It was in March 12, 1999. Motherfucking Wing Commander. Wing Commander is Doesn't a... Doesn't Wing Commander have Mark Hamill in it? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> it's that really shitty Freddy <laughs> Prince Jr. Magic Lillard movie based off the video game. Yeah, yeah. The series, like, did the, the series used to do, like, uh, video, like, um, cinematics. Like, yeah. actual, like, they, like, they shot a movie, basically. For the like the games in, in some of them, yeah, and, and here, Mark Hamill is a main character in those series. Yeah, this is, and then uh, the, the after that, a bootleg version of the trailer appeared on the internet. Oh wow, the first instance of leaked of leaked, leaked footage leaked, in leaked the trailer. Footage, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our most recent incident was what in the Infinity War trailer. Yeah, uh, I guess. I, I feel like half the shit in Infinity War trailer didn't even happen. Oh no, <laughs> no, son, no, oh. Uh, then this movie, uh, this movie was a marketing fucking thing because once again, it's fucking Star Wars, 
And I do distinctly remember a majority of what it was, uh, what they uh, were sponsored by, which was Hasbro. As we mentioned, first leg, uh, we mentioned on um, off mic while watching the movie. Uh, this was the first uh, major like franchise IP that Lego got. Yeah. So, um, PepsiCo, um, if you remember their brisk ads, they were also big on Taco Bell. Yeah, they were because PepsiCo owns Taco Bell. Yeah, because yeah, that's so where that I got my the, Darth. That's where I got my Darth Maul. To- I think that's where I got my Darth Maul toy, where you rev him up and he rides down. Yeah, and it was uh, it was a Taco Bell and KFC. Yeah, Kifka. Yeah. <laughs> For a while, I actually started saying it as Kifka. Um, no, you got yeah. So that's it was it was everywhere. I remember this movie. I <laughs> so let's go let's go back to 1999 really quick. Um, what the fuck were you doing when this movie was out? <laughs> I was eight. <laughs> I was eight. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. You don't remember? I was eight, and I didn't. I didn't know what Star Wars was. Oh. Okay. And then this came out, and then I was into Star Wars. Nice. My brother, by the way, is not the person who got me into Star Wars. I. This is the movie that. This movie, I was like, oh, this looks cool. Mm. And it was like, and then I would go to the video store. And I'm like, what are these Star Wars movies? And I'm like. But I didn't know how to read uh, Roman numerals. And I was like, Star Wars Episode IV. (laughs) Star Wars Episode V. That's adorable. uh, Star Wars Episode VI. I don't know where to start. (laughs) I go to A New Hope. That sounds like at the end of everything, there's going to be a new hope. (laughs) You you should have listened to Mrs. Krabappel when she was teaching all those kids Roman numerals. (laughs) Oh, kids, relax. Oh, uh, no, nah, whatever. <laughs> Rocky 2 plus Rocky 5 yeah, I, equals Rocky 7. Adrian's, Adrian's Revenge! Which is actually Creed. Uh, Do you remember that Rocky joke I made at you and you got so bad? You are like, oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, Creed. I was like, don't you mean Rocky for Adrian's Revenge? And you went, you motherfucker. Yeah. I do remember that. I was genuinely, like, pissed. I was like, motherfucker. Yeah, I, I think I'm pissed because one because one i was like come on man and the other part was like fuck i wish i made that joke (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay damn it (laughs) i know where i was in 1999 i watched this movie all the way through it and i hadn't watched it since did you fall asleep All the in the way theater? Th- no, I didn't. No, I, I, wa- I watched it bits and pieces. Oh, okay. Since, but I never saw it all the way through. What's the movie you were talking about that you fell asleep in theaters for? For theaters for? Yeah. Uh, there was like a big movie. You're like, oh, yeah, I watched the movie. I was nine and I fell asleep. I was like, why the fuck did you fall what asleep? What movie was I it? I it was this one, but uh, okay. I was remember- it Mummy Returns? Mummy Returns is good though. Wait, wait, no, no, no. Oh, you, you, you were sleepy on that. Okay. I, I was. I saw that movie. At, oh, I saw that movie at eleven. No, no, no. The first two times I remember going to Orange County was for this movie. And Mummy Returns. No, and The Matrix. Ooh, good choices. I was. My dad took me to go see this, or uh, my family. I think it's mostly my dad. Um, I liked this movie as a kid. I had a. Anakin, it's a bubble pod racing bed sheet, as I told you. Yeah, I love. The... I'd probably be a little jealous if I if I could imagine it. So my exposure for Star Wars, just in general, the reason I went to go see this is because I watched A New Hope on uh-huh. TV. It's an occasion with commercials and everything. I was like, this looks awesome. This is fucking cool. But then from there it expanded, and I actually, I know I'm not like deep into the lore, 
But one of my like first big things after like watching the Star Wars movies was playing Rogue Squadron. Oh, I didn't. That, that was didn't my play, fucking childhood. My first Star Wars game I remember playing was the Clone Commando one. No, oh, nice. Because I played, I would play um, Rogue Squadron, I, and I would play the pod racing game, and I would also play Dark Forces. I tried running uh, the pod ra- the Bombas uh, pod racing, but it was for Sega. It was for the Dreamcast, and I only had a PlayStation 1, and I didn't understand the difference. Uh, okay. And I was like, this doesn't work in my PlayStation. And I remember the girl going like, oh, honey, no, that doesn't work like that way. I was <laughs> like, what? It's <laughs> like, we could trade you because you didn't know. I was like, do they have Star Wars for the PlayStation? She goes, no. And I was like, uh, okay, I'll get this. And it was like, I don't know. It was, I think it was Spyro. I think was, it was either Spyro or Ape Escape. I was like, okay, I'll get one of these. Ah, Ape Escape. I love Ape Escape. Oh, that game is awesome. But anyways, that, <laughs> that, that yeah, my first video game for Star Wars probably was until that. I remember being a clone trooper. Nice. Yeah, no, um, like, that was, like, the exposure. And then, like, this movie, like, my first glimpse of this movie was, as I told you, we played Rose Squadron, and you can unlock a Nabu Starfighter. And when that happened, I was like, what is this from? <laughs> I don't know. And then you go see it. Oh, it makes sense. <laughs> like it all came together. Unfortunately, I have only seen this movie in like bits and pieces since then. So I haven't seen it as a cohesive whole. And as Patrick mentioned a few episodes ago, it's like, so you don't have a critical eye. So the reason this is on the list is because of that. It's not because I, I, me and Patrick are fully aware. Everyone and their mom has fucking talked about this movie. Yeah. So, with that said, I rev- I think my review will be more on like the cinema side of things because if we get into nitpicky stuff, I I oh, I, I, I try I, we'd be here all day. Yeah, I'm not. And it's like there's I'm like a, not, there was a lot of nitpicky stuff that I was looking. at. I was like, yeah, but does it matter? <laughs> like, but on your side of the Star Wars thing, before we get to like the actual view, like trailer and review, you're the one that's more into the the lore, yeah, yeah, and I'm more of the movie guy, so. Yeah. You're the Lucas, and I'm the angry EU fan. <laughs> yes. Well, everything doesn't really matter. It's just the movies. That's the what I consider <laughs> canon. What about the Roche? <laughs> Which, no bullshit. Jeez. Oh, if no bullshit, if someone, if someone out there listening or after can find me anything that involves Lando Calrissian. Oh, Lando actually has, like, really cool, like, EU stuff. Yeah. Uh, I need that shit, like, yesterday. <laughs> like, I think there's, like, a whole series, like, about his, like, gambling exploits. Fuck! <laughs> I want to read it. I heard, and I heard I heard it's really good. Good. I, I never read the books. I, I'm more into the, I guess, I'm not into the Star Wars legacies. I'm more into the, the, shit, going, the, the shit going on now. That's yeah. when I, because. Are you excited for the live action show that's going to come out? Yeah, I don't know what the fuck to expect, though. I don't if know. it's on CW, I'm done. I'm like. <laughs> I think it's going to be either for television or i think they're gonna put on the streaming service for disney which uh off off do the they cu- even need one off now? the cuff they have hulu now off the cuff um disney said that their streaming service is gonna be cheaper than netflix and hulu oh that's smart yeah so i don't know I, like i said before though in in just our private conversations out the gate if they don't have any of the classic stuff i am not fucking like if my- they don't put their classic like if they catalog. don't if they don't put like if they don't even have goddamn Fox and the Hound on No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I guess. No, more like TV show-wise. Like, if they don't have, like, the old, like, Wonderful World of Color or stuff like that, I really don't want to, like, pay that much. Okay, I get you. Because I want to go back and watch that. Yeah, and you're more of the, like, Disney. I'm, like, 
tangentially because the shit I like now has been bought by Disney. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I guess I have to learn a little bit about Papa Disney. <laughs> Hello. I didn't mean for this shit to happen. It just did. <laughs> Red Target just goes on Sergio's head. <laughs> he knows too much. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a Roy Disney on him. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Not Roy. <laughs> anyway, on that note for Roy, uh, we're going to you will listen to the trailer for Star Wars episode. You found it. Good you. <laughs> Whoa. I'm so, oh, uh, full disclosure, um, we watched the 2011 re-release. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk more about that after. You'll listen to the trailer and we'll be back with our review of Star Wars episode 1. The Phantom to the prophecy of the one who will bring balance to the force you believe it's this boy he can see things before they happen he can help you the force is unusually strong with him he was meant to help you anakin tell us to take off will i ever see you again what does your heart tell you are you sure about this trusting our fate to a boy we hardly know anakin skywalker meet obi-wan kenobi I sense much fear in you. The boy is dangerous. They all sense it. Why can't you? Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. You just finished listening to the trailer for The Phantom Menace, and we just finished watching the death scene from Meet Joe Black. Roll it! I don't know what the fuck's going on. See, that's the sound of the car crash. Go look it up, people. People went to go see that and uh, to see The Phantom Menace trailer. So it just makes sense. You went to the... See, you go for the Phantom Menace trailer. You, you stay... You watch Brad Pitt get hit. Yeah. Time. Fuck yeah. Black. <laughs> <laughs> I see... Dude, that movie's like three hours. That movie's fucking long. I remember my brother renting it. And I remember I was like, oh, this is boring. I walked out. I did a bunch of stuff. And I came back. I was like, why are you still watching this? He goes, it's not over. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> it's a long fucking movie. I don't, I don't, rem- I don't remember if it took up two VHSs, but it seems like it would have taken up it two. It was v- so rare when a movie took. That's when you knew that that you were really into that movie. You're like, wow, two VHSs. You must really like this. <laughs> it's like when you play like an old PlayStation game. It's like playing the I, second disc. Leg- for me, Fuck. for me, it was Legend of Dragoon. Really? That was a four disc game. 
Well, it was on Saturn? No, this is PlayStation 1. Oh, PlayStation 1. Oh, Legend of Dragoon, yeah. I never played Final Fantasy 7, but I played Legend of Dragoon. I remember the first time I encountered that, like, put in the other disc to continue, was, um, fuck, what game was it? I think it was Driver. I was I like, what the fuck? What do you mean I have to put in a second disc? <laughs> what do you mean this game's that big? Oh, <laughs> funny, because earlier on the Metal Gear thing, Metal Gear did that. Yeah, they had like a bunch of like discs, right? Yeah. But uh, they in the fourth game, like I think one of the characters, I think Otacon, was like, goes like, you have to put in a second disc. And like, <laughs> Snake is like, uh, oh, that's right. We're on a Blu-ray now. Oh, we don't have to worry about that. Me? What the fuck? <laughs> when I was playing Metal Gear like five, this kid for someone's like, hit the action button and then shoot with the other button. I was like. Kind of ruined the illusion there. <laughs> I'm like taking out of the immersion here, Kiefer. <laughs> Thanks, Kiefer. Anyway, Star Wars The Phantom Menace. What can we say that hasn't been said already? Besides this, there's a lot of good ideas of this movie. They're not executed to the best. But overall, I didn't hate it because it wasn't Attack of the Clones. There. <laughs> good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. No, okay. <laughs> so after watching this all the way through for the first time in god what longest fucking time almost 20 years um it is a it's a movie with a lot of problems yeah for sure (laughs) but it's not it at times it borders it can border on frustrating but if you stick with it long enough you can see the good that's in there and you could see what works what doesn't and in the end like even the third act like i'm like okay by the time the third act arrives i'm all right you're there, yeah. Yeah, because it, it definitely it, it you could tell that, and we've talked about this plenty off mic, and you've said it. No one told them no. I don't think anyone told them no. That's that's my theory. I think by 1999, no one realized that George Lucas had directed a movie since 1977. But they're like, George Lucas made Star Wars. Star Wars is amazing. Therefore, George Lucas is amazing. How wrong can he be? What some people forget is that. Film is a collaborative process with many people involved making a product. It's not just one head. No, it shouldn't be. I mean, it could be. It's happened before, sometimes with varying degrees of success. I think with the complex ideas that George Lucas wanted to make, I think people should have checked him on him on some stuff. Because there's there's you there's definitely ideas there, and they're all presented well. I like I do enjoy the fact that he wanted to focus on. Anakin. I do like the fact that we get to see an But Obi-Wan I don't think Kenobi. he focused on Anakin enough, though. And I don't think he focused on Obi-Wan enough. See, that's the problem. The main big problem with the movie is the problem everyone and their mom has said since mm-hmm. 1999. I don't give a shit about the politics. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we were talking about this and it's like, there's such a direct way to go about it. He went in a way that he was like a political science major, where he used all the linguistics, all this this kind of like the rigmarole, like you know the fucking rigmarole that fucking bureaucrats go through and all this shit, and it was too real. And fucking politics is a real boring thing until the Trump presidency. <laughs> but before that, I don't know that James Buchanan presidency was pretty fucking. Before wild. that, it was just like amendments and regulations and decisions and and this and that and doesn't that. make for anything entertaining. No, not necessarily. Not unless you. I mean, there have been political thrillers that are like decision, like things based on decision, but they write it in such a way that it's in almost in layman's terms that a person can understand. 
really, you know? Because as you said... And this isn't written in layman's terms. This isn't written, like, simply. It's written by someone who just watched C-SPAN for a little too long and forgot to, like, change the words up, you know? Can I have that as a critic quote? <laughs> written by someone who watched C-SPAN a little too long. <laughs> um, but, it, no, and I, I agree because it doesn't, it doesn't make it exciting or entertaining. Like, I was thoroughly, really fucking bored anytime it was talked about and anytime it was brought up. I was like, I just... And the unfortunate thing is that's actually really, like... In the overall scope of the trilogies, those political decisions are important, but everyone fucking hates them because they're so boring. Because, like, all that shit are the machinations of fucking Palpatine. And no one realizes that, and no one cares. No one but does. But, like, if you, like, simplify it, like, I simplified it for you. Did it sound interesting when I simplified it? When I you told- simplified it, it sounded... Like, oh, fuck, I'm actually watching a movie. Yeah. Like, if it was in the movie, I would be like, oh, that's fine. So Because it's, one, yeah. in late men's turns, as you just said. So, like, okay, I'm going to simplify this for you guys, like I was trying to do with Sergio. Spoiler alert, Senator Shiv Palpatine, <laughs> that's his name, um, is, oh, the dark, <laughs> is the dark lord of the Sith. Who, what? We find that out, episode three. Episode yeah. three. Good movie. Not the best movie, but good movie. And as it's all the shit that's happened, you're like, oh, okay, I guess he's taking over. You're like, no, that's not kind of what happened. Like, he didn't just become the president. He didn't just become a guy in power. All this shit was something he had planned, consider like like 15 years, probably even longer before that, because he had to become senator at some point. What happens in the movie is that Palpatine's a senator for Naboo. Naboo gets taken over by the Trade Federation, uh... And then Senator Palpatine is like, hey, we're being fucking taken over. Um, the political climate of Coruscant, which is like the capital city of the Republic, is fucking bogged down by bureaucrats, corruption amok. Even the fucking chancellor, who's basically, who's like the galactic president, he can't do shit because there's too many bureaucrats and too many people doing money shit. He literally can't do anything. Any other option is actually slower than going through the Senate. So, fucking a- Amidala... Padme, she goes there. She's like, I need help. Everyone's like, we can't help you. She goes, she goes to the president. She goes, fuck you. You're too weak. We need a new president. And everyone's all like, yeah, fuck him. And then, um, I'm sure Palpatine had arranged it in such a way that he would gain the vote for being, uh, the thing, uh, chancellor. He, as chancellor behind the scenes, he makes it so that the clone wars happen, which obviously if people have any, like even a, got a C in pol- political science knows that war is a heavy tax on the economy, fucks up usual government because everyone is so focused to winning a war and keeping the country afloat at the same time that usual things kind of fall to the wayside. He drags the Jedi into it and puts them in a state of war and policing when they're supposed to just be a uh, like kind of a guardianship rather than a police force. Uh, so he drags them through the muck. So by the time episode three happens, they're already full-scale war. He plans it so, like, um, Dooku gets fucking knocked off. The fucking Separatists just fall apart. Um, he plans the coup of the Jedi through Anakin. And then he's like, well, the Jedi are evil. They try to kill me. I'm the fucking, I'm the president. Why would they do that? Fuck them. We're going to show them that we're more than a republic. We're an empire now. And all that shit, all this, like, these evil, ma- like, this dude is evil. Like, from the beginning, <laughs> he's, like, straight up evil. <laughs> this dude's fucking evil. Like, he planned all this shit out over, like, a uh, his lifetime. And he fucking planned, and he won. Yeah. 
A New Hope is that dude winning. Like, that whole fucking thing. And we see that beginning in fucking episode one. We don't get that in episode one. We get... I of the Naboo delegation call out the uh, regency of the Chancellor and I decree that he is not fit to rule under these contents. <laughs> and then someone goes, Are you sure you want to make that choice? Yes. All right, we're going to have a vote. <laughs> it's just, I think the thing with, yeah, the thing with that is you need to simplify it. I hope it sounded more interesting than it actually was. It was. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I pictured you, like, on the Jedi Council or on the Senate. Like, all these people deliberating, and you're just going, that motherfucker is evil. (laughs) (laughs) Bad guy. (laughs) Evil dude. (laughs) Space Hitler. (laughs) Space Hitler? Well, they're space Nazis. That's what the Empire is. I like it, though. Space Hitler. (laughs) Every space Nazis need a space Hitler. And it's it's that, like, you could have condensed down those scenes, and you could have... Ridden it you could have better. Totally could like cut the shit There is so much from this movie you could cut out. You could have. It could have been. Ridiculous. It could have literally been like Queen Amidala going like, "We need help. We cannot help you. Why not? Well, there's too many rules. Why are the, you're the president? Why can't you do anything? Well, I have to do all these things. I think you're weak, and I think we need a new president. You have officially written better dialogue. Yeah, you know, just pepper in some scoop. more dramatic flares and stuff, and pausing, and then and there you go. You could have just did it like that. <laughs> and then Chancellor Pal- the Chancellor Powers thing going like, "Well, I'll just come in and you know, just gonna steal your shit." Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, General Zod. I'm the new Chancellor now. Oh yeah, Terrence. Uh, Terrence, Terrence Stamp, Stamp is, is the uh, Chancellor. Yeah. yeah, no, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't mention any actors, but everyone once again, pretty much everyone this is, fucking movie yeah, quite, knows yeah. who's in it. Um. And it, it's just, that's a major problem with this movie. And that's not just on, oh, God, Star Wars thing. That's just in a movie thing. Oh, this movie's, like, really slow Because, like, imagine it's... you're, imagine every, a lot of these movies were, one, I, some of them I haven't seen before. Not this month. I've seen every movie this month. But I usually go in, like, I'm a new, if I'm a newcomer, I want to know. If it's based off a major thing, I want to know. If someone was going, never saw Star Wars, and went into this movie, oh, fuck. And that actually happened with my current girlfriend, because she saw this movie and fucking did not like it. Right. At all. And here's the thing. She's a political science major. She probably thought it was boring as fuck. Yeah, political political science major is like, okay, the theory of this is really interesting. Fucking boring talking about it though, like boring like executing it. Yeah, and it's 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 that like if you're a newcomer and you're watching this, it's kind of boring. And if you I had to talk my friend through, I my, my I don't know how my friend Jennifer, I I sat her through one through six like in order yeah. of like numerical order, and um she liked the first one, and then the second one she was like I don't know why the fuck they're doing anything, and I was like I gotta explain this shit to you, and then. Three, she's like, that was pretty cool. I was like, all right, cool. You're gonna like the next ones, and I showed her the, I showed her four through six. She's like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> they're there's they're well done stories, and they're told in that in that old fashioned four through tell, six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the original trilogy because they 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 tell it in a way in that it's they, how do I put it? Um, it's written by someone. That still has their heart in it, and like, cause there's heart. There's some you could tell that he has some heart and wants to and nostalgia and stuff in like Phantom Menace, but when it when it comes down to like the trilogy, and then the rest after one different writers for each episode, mm-hmm. 
but two, there's there's a flow, there's something there, and there's a connectivity. Yes, and you could tell that it's firmly rooted in this time, in like this 70, 80 time period, yeah. because there's not like it's not so fuck it out of the way, like weird as shit. It's kind of like it's a fucking blockbuster movie. Yeah, you get in, you do your thing. We're not, we're here, we're going on a quest. We're in love with these characters. Nothing's overtly like out of the fucking reach that I need a fucking college degree. <laughs> Understand? Um, and it they're just they're well done stories because it's stories that we even though they're in a galaxy far far away. Are you saying it's because they're, they're they're almost self contained that you could watch each one yes. separately? There we go. Right. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. Help or because you could definitely watch Star Wars. Uh, a new Hope mm-hmm. on its own. You're like, wow, that was a great movie. Yeah. You could watch Empire Strikes Back and then not even know anything. Like, oh, wow, these people. Okay, so like, you could like, oh, these people are coming back from a, you know, something. Yeah. They, they, they had done an adventure pre- previously. There's something going down. And you go, oh, wow, like that was, uh, that was a downer ending. But like, you know, I'm actually, that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then you could watch Return and you're like, oh, wow, that was a fucking Ewoks are annoying. But yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. And it's, they're self-contained. They, they do progress. They have a continuity. Not saying that this prequel trilogy doesn't have it. It's just, it's a little, it, it's like, he's constantly trying to figure out what people want. Yes. And it, it, it never, it, it, how I put it, it's that old saying of you're trying to satisfy everyone, but you're in the end, you satisfy no one because you want to reach the widest and broadest audience. Cause this movie has like the political stuff. Then it has like the comedy stuff. Then it has the Jedi stuff and like the action you want and all that. Yeah, but yeah, it's I see what you mean. it's too much crowd pleasing to even get. Like, I think that's really noticeable at the the third act because there's this there's this epic battle between Qui Gon, Obi Wan, and Darth Maul. There's the space battle with Anakin, and there's the small like uh, skirmish with uh, Padme, and then there's the the battle with Jar Jar. And I could really give a fuck about the battle. I could okay the the seeing the Gungans fight. I don't mind seeing Jar Jar fight. Is like, ugh. We could get this out of the way now, so we never we don't have to. Jar Jar is a major problem for this one. He is, and it's, and like it's not like oh I want to kill. It. Like I know everyone's made the fucking Jar Jar jokes. Jar Jar did fucking hate Jar Jar. Yes, we hate Jar Jar too. But story wise, he gets in the way a lot of pacing. He really gets in the it's way. It's a of very, it's it's a pa- it's a pacing issue. So he goes and from speed bump issue. to wall, like very, like it varies, <laughs> you know. Damn. Yeah, no, like he's uh, kind of. Uh, that's an apt way of describing yeah. it. Like depending honestly. on, like he's almost a. Wa- I know he introduces the the Gungans in general in the beginning, but I feel like there could have been another way, or we could have just left him in Gungan City and been because he doesn't really contribute much. No, he doesn't. I don't think he saves anybody. I don't think he does anything. Like. It could have literally been like, oh, you got us to Gun City. Thank you. And he goes, bye-bye. And then they're like, all right, yeah, this is kind of annoying, but he's gone. Yeah, I think that, and I then, think like, that is they a could have come back. They could have come back later on, like, Jar Jar, you know we're good people. Like, help us out. He goes, oh, yeah, these are good people. Let me help them out. I'm sorry for the fucking Jar Jar voice. <laughs> um, it's okay. I don't, because it's... it's it, it, I, And I think, yeah, that's the problem with that character. It overstays its welcome. Do you know the one he I overstays. get really annoyed with them is when they're on Tatooine working on the pod racer? I don't know why when he's like fucking around, I'm like, dude, that is a fucking vehicle. I fucking not... agree. It's, it's like really watching. Annoying. It's like watching your asshole cousin fuck with your engine. You're like, dude, fuck off. I dude, need that. It, it's super. He's. It's super aggravating. Like, like no. It's like Jar Jar, can you just go fuck off for like? Five yeah, minutes? and it's really. 
bad. And I know I was just talking about like, oh, yeah, I'm not good. But it's it's <laughs> aggravating. It's like annoying. Yeah. And it, it he does get in the way. Like, there, he doesn't really serve. He's only served him one purpose. You didn't need that. And there's a lot of things in this movie, like on the Charger thing of like things that get in the way or scenes that don't fucking make any sense. And it's usually like the comedy stuff. Like, I are like unnecessary shots. Like, I don't need I to think see certain thought, things. Well, you know, to be honest. I don't need to have a fart I was joke. thinking about, like, the jokes in Star Wars in general, and they're usually the ones that aren't completely written or directed by <laughs> George Lucas. I was like, I don't know, man. Han Solo, like, they're pretty funny in two in, uh, 5 and 6. I was like, well, he didn't write those. Yeah, he didn't write those. And... Because <laughs> there's that, my, my favorite Han Solo thing, is, or it's between Luke and, and Han Solo. You know, it's, you know, I was born here. Yeah. You're going to die here, you know. Convenient. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that look, he goes... Like, I just... Like, that's funny to me. Uh, things like that. Like, And, like, a kid can laugh at that, too, because they're like, oh, yeah. He's like... Um, Chewbacca reacting. Like, they're like... Um, like, you know, they make the chess piece, and he goes, uh, careful, you don't want to make, make a Wookiee mad. And it's like, oh, why? Uh, Wookiees have a tendency to rip people's arms off if they lose. Oh, I have another idea, sir. Let the Wookiee win. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that fucking, that's funny. That's yeah, funny. that is funny. And there's, there's just, just comedic things that don't work in here, and it's distracting, and it takes away um, from that. What I can appreciate, because we're talking a lot of bad shit so far, but what I can appreciate this movie is something that made me sit throughout the movie that you actually said. So when it started, you said that this was the, f- this is pretty much the first major experiment with CGI. All this and like the the modern, pretty much of, yeah. this is the president for the modern blockbusters that we get today. Oh yeah, because it's heavy CG. Like it's heavy CG, and not all of it's bad. I would say like seventy percent of it's actually really nice looking. Yeah. It's it, it it's not just that. It's a heavy CG movie. It's production design. The, it's character. It's like actors having to react to these characters. It's an experiment. Yeah, and said. some of it, some of it's really good, and some of it looks really good. We do have Sergio got me the a Blu-ray copy. Thank you very much, Sergio. No problem. But you said something earlier, and I'm not I'm not trying to like shit on what you said. But they could have touched up. They still could have touched up on things. Boy, yes. Like they could have. They could have touched up on Watto, that the flying thing uh-huh. that, that has that is Anakin's slave owner. Uh, Jar Jar himself looks really, there really are t- fucking bad. You know what's? You know what? It's weird. It, you know when he looks good is when they use the bodysuit that they actually had yeah. planned originally. I was like, oh, that actually looks kind of cool. Like that looks like an alien. But when he's like a CG, I was like, oh, he looks a little rubbery, and I don't really like that. And he, do- but he when it's looks, like feels but, false. But oddly enough, when they're in the Gungan city. Which was probably planned to be CG. They're like, oh wow, everything looks kind of nice. Like, like it looks, it doesn't. It's not the best looking thing, but it looks nice. Like no bullshit. And I, I was saving this comment for this podcast, but like, you reminded me, uh, Jar Jar reminded me of the alien from Men in Black, but not in the movie. Jar Jar a lot of times looked like the alien in the Men in Black music video. Because it looked uh, really off and jarring, yeah. and it didn't mesh well. And the thing that sucks is, once again, we watched the 2011 remaster, and they put CGI Yoda where the puppet Yoda is, and that puppet Yoda looks fucking awful. So yeah, I don't like disclosure. puppet Yoda. I don't like the puppet Yoda in that. In, in puppet Phantom Yoda Menace, Return and like Strikes Back, amazing. Puppet Yoda and Phantom Menace, a little weird looking, and I don't really trust and it. Gross. I feel like uh, it's gonna come to life yeah. and eat me. Yeah, Last Jedi Puppet Yoda is a uh, well, that's, Empire that's yeah, that's that Yoda, that's that one. Yeah, looks the, great. But yeah, going to what you said, when they replaced him with a CGI model, I was like, 
Yeah, that looks good. I like that. Yeah, but <laughs> like, I still remember how I shouted. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, they put him in, yeah." And why the fuck didn't they fix the other two? Yeah, it's just there's like some things that are like, like it just, it just looks off when a Blu-ray release. Mm-hmm. It just I don't know something about it. No, yeah, it looks totally but off. But the space battles look like the space battles were really nice looking because you can see that mix of practical and CG. That's the other ex- yeah. major experience because we've had movies like that before. In fact, we have Jurassic Park that we've covered. Yeah. We talked about Men in Black, and that's balancing that as well. Well, I think we were definitely at a progression with our films. I Mm -hmm. I don't know if you planned that, but that's really good, actually. Because we went from from Jurassic Park, which is kind of the initialization of like, oh, you can make you can make anything, and then Men in Black was kind of a continuation and like more of a uh, like heavy more more use. Yeah, and then and then even like to the point of random thing, but it works. Even Lion King, which used CGI for the wildebeest stampede. Yeah. I mean, we get to a fucking army, like a fucking battle. A stampede, on, yeah. Yeah, a battle on, on fucking Naboo with hundreds of Gungans and fucking droids. Yeah, and it looks nice. Yeah, and it's on like the, that copy paste. I can't fucking unsee it, dude. Now it's bugging <laughs> the fuck out of me. I, I don't think that was a joke. I, I, that's not my joke. I think I saw it somewhere else. I want to just, I, I, I want to edit in wallpaper of that. <laughs> of this of the shots. I also see the Affinity War comparisons now. Uh, I haven't, I don't, I'm not, I haven't seen that. It was, uh, um, it, they were comparing the, um, when uh, Wakanda gets the fucking or the oh, uh, shield, because I was watching, that, I was like, "Oh, it's like the shield in Star Wars." That, yeah. that, when I watched, when I first watched that, I was like, "Oh, it's like the." Shield and then, the like shield. the fucking wheels that come look like the kind of look like the ships yeah. that Thanos brings. Um, the pod racing is probably it's the, spectacular. Yeah, like no I bullshit. People were like, "Oh, the pod racing scene sucks." I was like, "That's actually one of the best." No, scenes. no, no. The thing with that scene, the reason it's, I think it's spectacular. Like no bullshit. One. If you notice, I actually was like kind of silent throughout because like this is still good oh, yeah. because they're filming through like a desert or something, and then they're adding the stuff, and there's that practicality, there's that blend, and yeah. it's well done. Like it's edited well, it's shot well, it's perfectly paced, it's thrilling, it's action. There's like it's it it remind <laughs> for me that's Star Wars. It's thrilling. It's fun. It has these scenes, and it's it's epic. Yeah. You're, you're enjoying it, and you can appreciate. This is 1999. I mean, yeah, we did stuff like Terminator. Like Terminator 2 had like CGI and yeah. stuff, but there's like the big like oh fuck like yeah, sure. moment. And one go- well, another thing going back to that scene is that something you talked about. You're like, you're like, oh, there's like a few cutaways that are distracting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I agree with that. Like you're like, I'm glad I saw the Jawas, but I don't need to see the Jawas. I don't. Like I know they're like your. I think your idea was like I know they're there somewhere in the world. I don't need to know. I do, I don't need to see mm-hmm. them. You're like I'm glad I saw the Tusken Raiders because they added something to the scene. The Jawas don't do anything. Yeah. I like I think that's what you inferred from that. I'm yeah, like, no, yeah, that's, that's what... true. And there's like some other things like Jabba does that whole thing. No, no, he does the ringing the bell. Oh, like, what is he? He just like tops like he throws over a cat or whatever. Yeah. Or what a weird cat alien. It's like, what the fuck is that? Like, why was that shot there? Yeah, there's like a, there's like, in this movie, there's like a lot of random shots. They're like, just to kind of, I guess, be funny or just kind of, sometimes it wasn't necessary. And a lot of them had Jar Jar. What? And a lot of them had Jar Jar. Yeah. And they weren't, they were unnecessary. But the thing that with, with back to the pod racing scene is that that's it. That's an exciting scene. And it's. It still kind of blows my mind that they were one able to accomplish that in fucking 1999, 
And I remember seeing that scene on the big screen. And I, my mind was fucking blown. I was like, oh, sh- oh, shit. Yeah, that seems like still pretty cool. I mean. And they, even as you said, the space battles are really well done and impressive. Yeah, I think Lucas was like really learned from. He learned from uh, A New Hope. He's like, oh, okay, here's what I want to do. And here's. Yeah. And like, but he still added his kind of signature flair because he's so into like aerial battle filmed. Yeah. And I think he still would carry that over. Oh, yeah, and it's, it's it's accomplished well. And a lot of people were kind of... I could see a lot of people's kind of inference about... There's, like, a Death Star idea in this movie with the battle station. Yeah. I was like, I guess. I mean, it's just circular, but it's not like a death machine. It's just a station. Yeah, it's just a Like, statement. that thing isn't that, like... Uh, I All it is is controlling the droids on the ground. But it's, like, I don't know. Yeah, there's, like, oh. some people... Some people would like to make those inferences and stuff like that. The other stuff... The other stuff that's impressive about this movie... So now we're, I guess... We're just focusing on more, just the good, because there are there there's pros. We did a lot of cons, but there's pros. Yeah. Mother, fucking duel of the mother fucking fates. My jam. Intense. Holy shit. I love that shit. <laughs> so Qui Gon, played by Liam motherfucking Neeson, mm-hmm. in our first Liam Neeson movie. Is this? I think this is also his first action movie. Really? I think. Don't, don't call me. He that. did have a particular set of skills in this. Yeah. He was pretty badass. Apparently, he did a majority of his his own stunts. A fucking course he did. I mean, I, I think besides like the really really big ones, I think he beautiful did also. Irish man. Apparently, and he also cost the movie one hundred fifty dollars because he was too tall. Because they had to build the sets up to their head and maybe a little higher, so that way the rest can be uh, digitally created. But since he was so goddamn tall, they had like they had to build him a little higher just because of him. That is the best fucking fact i've Again, ever heard i read that on imdb grain of salt i don't even give a shit that's also that sounds to me that sounds like that shit would happen <laughs> that sounds awesome yeah <laughs> i'm gonna give you you're gonna need more money on your budget uh liam uh so uh the studio fight. was talking to me about your height and uh so we're gonna have to build a actually i'm sorry about that george no, it's okay <laughs> <laughs> oh the the reason that duel works is because we know we've the tension in that one. I feel like there are certain scenes where George Lucas really thought about it and really knew what he wanted. Because we've built this relationship between Qui Gon, as like the leader, as the person that's going to teach Anakin and all that, yeah. and we also have Obi Wan there, who we know what will he'll, what he becomes eventually. Yes, crazy old ass Alleginus, <laughs> <laughs> scaring away Tuskenry. <laughs> oh, they'll be gone, but they'll come back in greater numbers as well. <laughs> Uh, which uh, Edwin McGregor as as is it Ewan or Edwin? I think it's Ewan. Okay, so Ewan McGregor is perfect as Obi Wan. Well, he like that dude. Did his, that dude. Well, everyone everyone loves Ewan McGregor. I fucking love Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor, please come back to Star Wars. So he, he was a really. So what Ewan McGregor did was that he studied Alec McGuinness's roles. Is it McGuinness or Guinness? Guinness. Alec Guinness's roles in other films besides um, besides uh, Star Wars. To better emote or better capture this kind of essence of what a young Obi Wan would be like, and that's why he like he gets the voice down. And then the the longer he becomes like the longer he plays Obi Wan, the more kind of um, the more you start seeing actual Guinness Obi Wan kind of emerge. Yeah, but it also still has Ewan's own like well he like you know kind of energy and vibe to it that you know what a young man would be like before war and trauma and all that stuff. And, and he, he conveys it, and he understands that character. He understands that arc. 
Yeah, he told. I think he totally does. Like, and it, it shows up really well, especially throughout those movies. If there's any any bright shining moment, is usually led with uh, Ewan McGregor, to be honest. Yes, and, uh, in that in that entire trilogy. Because there's there's great actors in here, and there's great performers in here. Um, yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the performances. Oh no, are, the di- the dialogue's not great. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of people. Okay, let let's let's start this off the bat. It's not always the actor's fault, but it's not necessarily always the director's fault. Usually it's a combination of both. But it com- it's up to a good director to understand what those limitations are on the actor. And sometimes that's more clear with young actors and children actors, especially because mm-hmm. they're young. They don't fully know how to emote or convey um, emotions, physicality, especially for nine-year-olds. Um, I love Star Wars, and I, I, I love a lot of nerdy things like Doctor Who and I've recently gotten into Star Trek I stay away from fandoms though because fandoms are usually very toxic in my opinion and none more so than when the Star Wars fan base attacked Jake Lloyd as a child yeah and and maybe now it's better more people are, are more forgiving people are even like very forgiven of Hayden Christensen which is very understandable in his own which led to a pretty amazing moment for Hayden Christensen because he he Finally, was a, he was like a standing ovation when he popped up at what D twenty three. No, at the Star Wars celebration because no one expected it. Yeah, and then when he showed up, it was a standing ovation, and I think he was floored by that. Another one is Jake Lloyd, the the guy, who, the kid who plays uh, Anakin Skywalker here. I mean, like you know, his performance isn't the best, but like it isn't. And I would honestly, I'm not joking, I think he has a better performance in Jingle All the Way. Yeah, we're we're, and I'm not bullshitting with you on that either because. We and it's not like it's not like that's a better written movie. I just think he had better direction, and I think he had a director who talked to him more about what he wanted mm-hmm. out of a role. Yeah, because we recently we watched it, and he he's not doing he's, he's, not, he, he's he a regular emot- yeah. fucking kid. He's a really he's honestly like, just a regular kid. Like, like when he gets excited, like one one little, like bright little moment is when he like looks Schwarzenegger dead in the eye and is talking about like Turbo Man, and you can see him like oh it comes with this this this. And it's like. That's me when I was a kid. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But and there are some moments I feel like when he's pod racing, like, oh, maybe it's because he's got a helmet on. But, like, I feel I feel like him pod racing was like, oh, well, fucking Anakin as a kid is at his most calm and collected when he's doing, like, these amazing, like, feats because it's so natural to him. Yeah. And, and a lot of the, like, off that, it, he does capture being a kid and being like in that age a lot of the stuff he's having to say isn't really good but it's not his fault no it's not because he's a nine-year-old kid in star wars and and he doesn't know any better and he doesn't know when to be like well what should i like he's not going to question george lucas and i feel terrible because i remember I, I a lot of my friends would grow up and make fun of him and i would join but like as time went on and like more of the stuff that happened to him as he got older happened it's like this movie really fucked him up like well Okay. And that's more, it, it the, should, and I think it's on the fandom thing too. Yeah, it shouldn't be because of what what happened to him. It should have been just because he's a nine year old kid and he didn't deserve that. Exactly, he doesn't. He doesn't. No yeah. kid, no kid actor deserves shit. And like it's that. a shame because if you read some of the things, like, well, Star Wars kind of ruined my childhood. A lot of people used to bully me because of it. And it's a shame because I would love to have been like, dude, you're Anakin Skywalker. That's fucking amazing. Like, that's mm-hmm. so cool. I mean, I didn't get like more friends and stuff, but you know, fucking kids are cruel, dude. Kids are fucking dicks. Um, like. <laughs> what was it? Um. But yeah, I mean, uh, apparently he's a lot better now. He's still, uh, he doesn't really act, but he's still kind of, um, 
he still connects with the Star Wars fan base from time to time from what I hear, which is, you know, good for him. Uh, I just like when when people used to make fun of like I haven't really heard it lately, but I, I think the next time I hear someone like kind of talking down to him, I'm like, just well, he was a fucking nine year old kid. What do you want him to do? Yeah. And like it's not you want him to turn down Star Wars? Would you ever turn down Star Wars if someone just offered you to be in fucking Star Wars? Like, I don't give a fuck if it's a shitty Star Wars movie. If I'm like, yeah, I was in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Like, as you, we've talked on mic, off mic before about um, actors and wanting work. I would be in episode I, two. If, if, if someone's if, like, hey, did you, like, hey, kid, you want to be in episode two? Fuck yes, I want to be in episode no two. No bullshit. Yeah. Would have done the same thing. Yeah. Like, I don't even like that movie. And are you going like, to be in Star Wars? Fuck yeah, I'm going to be yeah. in Star Wars. Like, sign up for day one. Because you're excited, and it's a it's a thing that probably has been a part of you, or you're probably seeing or excited about. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people who had gotten into the series were kind of like that. They're like, "Yeah, I want to be in Star Wars." And the the fandom, like, just on a like on a personal note, and we talked about it in our last Jedi review. Yeah, I was a bit I was a bit little uh, lethal on that one. But yeah, I, my my opinion stands, but my veracity has changed. But it's still like it's, it's such. And it's a problem with a lot of fan fandoms and stuff these days. Is there, like, it's so vitriolic that the minor minor voices become the majority through the social media and stuff. Yeah, it's just like just fucking it, like no one can have a, uh, a honest opinion about any like not even like just being honest. They just can't have an opinion in general. Yeah, because a lot of the like the one status quo. The thing that like back on the subject of Star Wars, the thing that pisses me off is everyone gives the shit to the actress who plays Rose. Oh yeah, but I thought she's she was fucking. Great. I honestly like I like Finn and Rose. I really like them. I just thought their storyline was a bit slow. Yeah, I thought like I honestly I was like, oh man, I wish they had done something else with Rose and Finn. And I have no because I think they're such great characters, but I felt like they were bogged down by this kind of B plot. And I have no problems with that character nor that actress. Uh, they're doing they're doing fine. It, it's just I don't like People it when fans like get vitriol. This is the first time I'm really hearing yeah. that, to be honest. Like it, it, it. I just don't They're like the vitriol. Difference. A lot of the, of this fan base, and that's when honestly. People were like, "Oh, remove this from canon." Like, fuck you, no. I think like, that's why. Like, when reviewing this, a part of me put it on the list because one, I haven't seen it, and another part of me is just like, I really don't like the fan. The fan base of Star Wars has practically ruined Star Wars for me. Like, I just they can ruin Star Wars for yeah. The the fan base, I think it's getting better now. But yeah, it was definitely like, oh, like you know, what what planet was Chewbacca born? Like, dude, no one reads the fucking extended universe. Shut the fuck up! Like, fuck. I don't like. I don't. That's why I, I didn't. Care. That's why I didn't get into extended universe as a kid. I just watched the movies too, and then when they were like, oh, we're gonna start fresh, I was like, cool. I can fucking finally catch up. I can be. I can read the things and like I'm. I can understand. And honestly, fandom should be more opening and welcoming, and there should be people like. Oh, you're cool. You're new. Um, I know some things. If you want to get in anywhere, I can show you stuff. I'm not going to like, oh, so you don't know that much? That's cool. You know, yeah, everyone has a life. And that's why I kind of feel bad. Because but that's not what fandom is. Wait, well, wait, like, it, yeah. No, dude, dude, yeah, no. Well, it's just fandom is like such fucking like, I remember I remember my, when I made the decision to just kind of disengage from fandom. I, I, I like Steven Universe a lot. I think that's a great show. Mm -hmm. It's when people in the Steven Universe fandom like nearly committed a girl, like tried to drove a girl to like you know do something that was pretty horrible and it's like she's a fucking human she drew a character thin they're fucking aliens they're fucking rocks they're it's a fucking cartoon like chill the fuck out guys like i understand that there's like certain things that are important like representation but you know what man like you can't just fucking bully people that way yeah, and then and like and i saw a lot of that i see i still see a lot of it in star wars fandom 
and it's just like it's fucking it's a bummer and it makes me not I, that's why i don't talk about star wars with some people i just honestly on tumblr i just try to reblog gifs or like some interesting ideas but i try not to engage with fandom that much like, yeah and yeah and that that was kind of the i mean we don't have that many listeners but like the big deal like for me but we this, appreciate anyone who does we do <laughs> and i i i really do and you do um so this is more just like from a film thing like i love these movies like i genuinely, oh yeah I, I, love, I, have, I, I have a genuine like love as a as a person with these movies because these they're part of my childhood i'm not like in love to explore the entire lore and stuff but i like the core concept and i like that mm-hmm. like but at the time of this recording solo is like next week yeah Han- solo story i'll Han- give it a chance because i actually really want to watch it i heard it's good i want to watch I, I, I let's be honest i'm watching it for lando but <laughs> lando badass motherfucker of the galaxy all the way through um i fear a character but there's that genuine love and like that's why you keep coming back to these movies except attack of the clones which is horrible <laughs> okay so I, I i'm not disagreeing with you on attack of clones attack of clones has like the fewest bright spots out of all of the fu- yes. the eight movies that have come out so far uh like episode wise i'm yes. not counting the other two um I've said this to you before. Attack of the Clones. Shittiest movie. Greatest source of material for the series in general. Oh, yeah. I could tell. Uh, there's, you know, I keep calling uh, episode two Clone Wars because Clone Wars is the better. It elaborates so much. Like, it does so many things better and, and it executes ideas better. And um, all that political shit you don't like, they actually make it thrilling. Great. <laughs> and they make it easy to understand because it's a kid's show. And you know what? Um, some people have... Some people don't. Sometimes it's better to talk to them like that. Yeah. Sometimes it's better to tell a story that way. That way, it's easier to understand. I I yeah. Uh, on a on a Star Wars still in the Star Wars thing. I'm fucking excited for that like uh, Resistance show that's gonna come out in like the fall. Yeah, the live action one. That's that's live action. That's one? not live action. It's the uh, the the one that's focusing on the pilots and stuff. That's anime inspired. What? I sent you a link like months ago. Remember, this is a guy. I don't remember. I'm not going to remember where we're talking. It's called Resistance. I'm going to look that up. Oscar Isaac is actually going to voice Poe Dameron in it. Uh, And it's run run by your boy. It's run by your boy. Yes. Yeah, Dave Lonnie. I'm really. Knock that shit out of the park. No bullshit. I'm really excited to see that because that's actually one aspect of the universe I like. Also, Captain Phasma's in it. Also voiced by Gwendolyn Christie. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, Fuck. What else is there to talk about this movie? Um. Oh, on uh, we're an hour and a <laughs> one minute into this. That's fine. I, yeah. I, I'm, on, uh, yeah. on other levels, the production design is really good when they get to like certain planets. Like I love that. Oh, I yeah. love the world building. Like the Prequ- world the building prequels, is fucking great. The one thing prequels do really well is world building. Like they they make it feel like a galaxy. Uh, the one thing Star Wars does in general good is world building. And to me, I feel like yeah, because I feel like. Um, the original trilogies they did kind of like i feel like a lot of it was isolated yeah like a lot of the planets that are on like it's the resi- it's the it's the rebellion hiding out in like isolated planets or going to like like they didn't expect the ewoks to be there like what the fuck are these little tigers? <laughs> uh they're like we're on fucking hoth there's nothing on hoth <laughs> and then they're like oh we're in java's palace like who the fuck wants to be on java's palace <laughs> like it felt like a lot of places no one wanted to be like yeah. a lot of a real original trilogy no one wants to be on any of these planets. <laughs> which kind of like, which is kind of funny. Oh my gosh. That's me. Sorry. Uh, which is. Oh, I'm popular G. today. Ooh, hey. Lucky, lucky me. <laughs> oh. 
Uh, which is funny because uh, the way you say that, that just reminds me of Finn throughout Force Awakens. I don't want to go back to Jakku. <laughs> Why does everyone want to go back to Jakku? Jakku? Why does everyone want to go? <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, I think they're because they had the budget to show populated planets in the in this prequel trilogy. So, yeah. like, you know, like Coruscant is this thriving, like, Galact like planetary city, and then uh-huh. there's the and then like you see more of Tatooine. You see a village on Tatooine rather yeah. than just a lone sand hut, which fucking <laughs> just gets decimated like thirty minutes. In. Yeah. Um. Or Mos Eisley. <laughs> Mos Eisley, yeah, just like a bar. You're like, oh yeah, here's the bar. Um, yeah, the prequel trilogies was really good at that, and I think um, the new trilogy is building off of that because obviously we see all this other cool yeah. stuff. Um, I want to talk about Darth Maul just a little bit. Oh, yeah. We haven't even talked about him. Oh, fuck. Where's the lightsaber? So, so, uh, Darth Maul, one of the most interesting, like, powerful figures. Not not just, like, he's really powerful, like, Force Wise. He's really talented. He's really skilled. But, like, like, story-wise, drama-wise, very powerful character. Yes. (laughs) Two lines. (laughs) It's it's a lot like the Clone Wars. (laughs) A source for a very interesting character. Not really in it in that much. He has six minutes of screen time. Like six minutes of Jesus time. Jesus fucking Christ. He has two to three lines. And they're like said one. They're like. Yeah. Voiced and th- by Peter Serafonowicz. Uh, yeah, the guy who plays the Tick in the new uh, Tick series on yeah. Amazon. Um, also, you might know him from Shaun of the Dead as uh, Pete, the, the naked zombie, yes. uh, the roommate. Um, and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. What a bunch of ales. <laughs> oh, that guy. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Darth Maul is such a cool fucking character. Yeah, I would honestly, if you guys were like, oh, I want to see more of Darth Maul, watch Clone Wars, like season three or four. Mm. Uh, spoilers, I guess. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I uh, uh, but th- th- that, show, okay. that show's like almost like, that show's a few years old. Yeah. Um, um, Bray Park, who's the actual body of the fucking, he did such good. a good job, man. Yeah, he's a great martial artist and stuff. And um, like the choreography. He was the duel. go-to guy for the late 90s, early 2000s in action. Yeah, and once again, I, I said it off mic. Uh, he was uh, fucking Snake Eyes in the G.I. Joe movies. Yeah, he is. He's he? actually really good in those. Well, yeah, he's he's fucking Ray Park, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, Ray Park is, is the shit. <laughs> yeah, he is. And then he ma- and then him, he, he makes Darth Maul fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, the, the design for Darth Maul is cool, but his... Um, it's one thing to be like, oh, I'm a cool... I, I know martial arts. Like, yeah, that you can do the moves. But, like, he knew how to work his face in such mm-hmm. a way. Like, even when he's towed, like, he has this kind of... Mis- <gasps> when he's towed, this he has... This is our a second re- Ray Park movie. I totally didn't yeah, know. Yeah, he has a really signature kind of mischievous thing yeah. going on. Remember that he wears, like, Cyclops' glasses, uh, visor, and he does, like, a little... Like, they're, like he's doing all these things, and then he does, like, a little dance. And he's, like, kind of does, like, a smile. I was like, oh, Ray Park could actually act. Like, physically, he could act. So for those keeping count and have been with us long enough, this is the third time we bring up X Men. No, fifth time we bring up X Men in a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> also, Liam Neeson. I know we talked about him a bit, but like he brings such gravitas to the character of Qui Gon Jinn. Oh yeah. I, people had problems with Qui. I remember people had problems with Qui Gon Jinn because it kind of ruins the discontinuity. The continuity. They're like, I thought Anakin was trained by Obi Wan. Like, what the fuck? And then like, they're like no one ever like. And I thought Obi Wan was trained by Yoda. I was like, hey, Yoda trains everybody. <laughs> like that's kind of how uh, George Lucas was. He's like, yeah, he trains everybody. Everyone gets trained by Yoda at some point. You. Today no, he trained. literally trains. He trains the young ones, the uh, little ones. He goes, "You're as tall as me. You could be trained by me." And then after that, you get the hell out of my house. Um, <laughs> Go to Mace Windu. But like Qui Gon Jinn, like I don't know. I thought Qui Gon Jinn was badass. I was like, I want to be trained by Qui Gon Jinn. Like, oh yeah, no, I thought he was cool as fuck too. Yeah. So. Spoiler alert for Clone Wars: Liam Neeson comes back. 
It is Liam Neeson. Are you shitting me? No, it's Liam Neeson. <laughs> Liam Neeson? Liam Neeson's Neeson. Liam Neeson's Neeson. Liam Neeson's Neeson. 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 I'm like, really? Yeah. Holy shit, that's cool. Yeah. Awesome. I'm fucking telling you, Clone Wars is amazing. I genuinely got really excited when you said that. Like, yeah, what? it's not till like in the later season when like the show had built up a reputation for being good that like, he's like, oh yeah, I'll come back. Nice. Yeah. I'll do it. Why not? <laughs> it's And it's really like, it's a powerful moment. There's like a, so many good moments in Guys, watch Clone Wars. Yeah. <laughs> watch like a bridge, like watch this, the, this watch. whole move. This whole review has just been a promotion for Clone Wars. Yeah, I haven't finished Rebels yet, but uh, watch Clone Wars. It's so good. Awesome. Uh, Side note: You were the one person I knew, like I knew that was it, that was that I knew that liked Star Wars, but had seen Rebels that got excited when they went to go see Rogue One. Yeah, because fucking <laughs> they. Have, all right, so they use. Fucking they say Sandula's name in there, man. That's so cool. And then they fucking fucking clap. God damn it, Clapraff. He's in there and it's like Oh I know that's uh that's uh, Force Awakens. Uh Rogue One though. Like it yeah, it's so good. <laughs> Wait, yeah. do they? No, yeah, yeah. Rogue One they use Sandula's name and then they talk about Clap. They actually showed the ship. Yeah, the the ghost. Or is it the ghost or the specter? They have like a ghost they have a like ghost themed thing but yeah, they say Sindula's name General Sindula or Captain Sindula as I know her in Rebels and then like in the background you see Claptrap I'm like yeah it's Claptrap <laughs> so, Claptrap's a little asshole oh yeah. so ever so yes um we didn't even bring up Natalie Portman she I <laughs> I thought alright we want to talk about Natalie Portman and Kira Knightley though like how good that that makeup was that yes like, you know there are sites dedicated to like when they switch that's awesome there's like there's like uh, like hour thirty two, uh, <laughs> nightly uh, hour forty five, uh, Natalie Portman. Jesus fucking Christ! And like sometimes I'm looking and I was like, change. <laughs> In my head, sometimes when you, when I was quiet watching the movie, I was like, Natalie Portman. And I, Kira Knightley. I told you it's Natalie like Portman. it's all in the eyes. Sometimes, but when they have like full makeup, oh yeah, no, when they have you're full fucked. Ma- <laughs> I, I on the IMDb, take it with a grain of salt. They're like uh, the makeup was so good on both Natalie Portman and Kira Knightley that Kira Knightley thought Natalie Portman was her daughter. <laughs> the mom of, of Kira Knightley was like, "Oh, Kira." She's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I just, I do admire that a young me had a crush on both of them, and they're both in this movie, but they both kind of have the facial features. They're like, they have oh very no. You're just like fuck, Jack. <laughs> but you can't have love, actually. <laughs> and now, before we go and give our final ratings, by the way, you're the one who gave the whole like cinematic kind of talk about yeah. it. I just talked about Star Wars. I know. <laughs> before we go on onto our scores and stuff, we have to talk about the real reason why we're here. The MVP of Film of Week, Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's that was okay. So you guys ever seen SWAT? It's a remake of that, uh, is it a Wes Craven movie? It's a remake of that movie. No, 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 it's a remake of a TV show. No, there was, wait, was it? Shit, I keep, yeah, yeah. SWAT. No, yeah, we've had this conversation, you're right. It's not a solid Precinct 13, son. I was thinking of a John I was, Carpenter movie. I was thinking of a solid <laughs> Precinct 13. Which is I, a John Carpenter movie. I haven't seen it, I haven't okay. seen it. But there was SWAT, Samuel L. Jackson's in it, yeah. and then, yeah. and then some guy we watch on YouTube was making fun of that movie, <laughs> and then he was making fun of the song at the end of the movie. It was like you could tell it's a white guy rapping, and he's like, "And I'm hanging with Samuel Jackson." <laughs> <laughs> so every time we're talking about Samuel Jackson now, that's kind of how I say his name. Yeah. So for a record, oh fuck! How many times is this? Iron Man. Iron Man. Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. <laughs> um. Is he in uh, a true romance? True romance. 
Did was he in um... Jurassic Park? Jurassic Park. Making his sixth film appearance. Did you what? Coming to America, did we, have you we ever have done not that? Coming to America. Okay. I feel, like we, I feel like me and you just talk about. Me and you to talk about it so much. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Fuck, fuck you. Yes. Fuck you too. And for a record sixth time on this podcast, Samuel Jackson has appeared. And how does Samuel Jackson as Waste Windu? He doesn't get badass until the second one, even though I well, talk shit about it. Well, to be honest, his lines are like, he's pretty stoic. Like, you're like... Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, no, he's, he's like, he looks... Like, he does it... He has really, like, kind of stilted lines, but he delivers it in a very stoic way. Yeah. I was like, he knows what a Jedi is all about. He's the head motherfucker in charge. Yeah, his, <laughs> he's a bad motherfucker. Yeah, you see him walk in? Yoda, move your bitch ass, <laughs> son. I'm gonna sit down on my Move your chair. Muppet ass. <laughs> Bert. He knocks the puppet out, and then the hand's like, huh. Like, it just looks around like, oh, you, God. You see Frank I've been, <laughs> I've been shunned. <laughs> you see Frank Oz? Oh. Um, so, final thoughts. Unfortunately, fucking Mace Wonder doesn't get cool till episode two, and episode two is a piece of shit. <laughs> and then he gets really cool in episode three, and then and he then fucking, he fucking dies. dies. So, you gotta watch Clone Wars, which is when he's a badass. Uh, God damn it, Clone Wars. You gotta watch Clone Wars, guys. All right, so final thoughts? Um, Corey, do you find, uh, watch Clone okay. Wars? <laughs> yes, watch Clone Wars. <laughs> watch like a summary of episode two and then go watch Clone Wars. <laughs> uh, no, seriously. Um, overall, so as a cinematic aspect, the film uh, has some very good points. Writing-wise, I feel like they could have gone through another redraft. Um, the performances could be very stilted at times, the, but that's due to the wooden wooden dialogue and um i i hear that lucas was never good at um heavy direction or um explaining what the sequence needed or the scene needed more uh, intense more passion more passion no no you know you go uh faster and more intense faster more, more intense, intense. <laughs> I, I think that's how you used to say it um but the actors i think um what they have they're trying their best i mean liam neeson and uh Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor are definitely the standouts in this. They're pretty much the lead. They're almost the Batman and Robin of this movie. Yeah. Um, and then with Ewan becoming the Batman of the movies, if you guys want to think of it that way. Baby! Um, Natalie Portman, uh, I think she does... I think her and, and Jake Lloyd do the best they can with what they mm -hmm. have. Uh, Natalie Portman, obviously, though, is the more is the more experienced actress. And she, she has better understanding of, I think, acting as a craft we yeah. see that early on with like movies like with leon and stuff like that um jake lloyd i feel like he, i don't want to say he was he was unknown talent at the time yeah and i feel like unfortunately it wasn't prospered or nurtured in the proper way so i don't think we saw the full scope of what could have been a good performance yeah. a lot of people wanted um the kid from the sixth sense which probably in my opinion i think if i had any control over that i might have casted that i mean i was nine i was eight at the time um, so I don't know how how well they would have listened to me. Look at eight year old casting director Patrick Racy. <laughs> um, but regardless of that, I still kind of I still like seeing Jake Lloyd because some, there are sparks of of like adventure and kind of joy in this kid. And, and I I told Sergio at one point when when he's kind of like jumping into the Naboo Starfighter, I was like, I see Luke Skywalker. Like I see Luke. Like I see where that kid get where I see where Luke Skywalker gets it from. Like, there's this kind of joy and nativity and kind of, like, uh, wonderment of the world. And sweet bull haircuts. And sweet bull haircuts. Um, the the graphics, um, I think for the time, were pretty impressive. But I think 
a touch up is is definitely needed at least for the release. Uh, this is co- actually France. I think I'm talking about the DVD release or film release. Yeah. Um, it definitely needs a touch up because some of it looks a little too rubbery or just doesn't mesh well with the background. And I think it's more of a lighting sequence. Jar Jar is definitely like I I know we're harping on Jar Jar and I talked about it earlier that people harp on it too much because I'm tired of it. But it he is definitely a a roadblock in this movie that is it was such a problem that Lucas wrote him out of the he wasn't he was barely in the second one. And I think a lot of times when I watch this movie, I get I honestly get a little fucking annoyed at Jar Jar. I'm like, dude, I don't care. Get the fuck out of the screen. Which is a shame because I feel like the actor was trying his hardest with what he had. They had a suit for him. They had everything for him. I don't I don't know how they were going to do the head, but they had pretty much everything else. And I think that would have whatever they were planning originally would have worked better. Unfortunately, that's not what happened. And I think because we got what we got is the like. I think because Lucas decided to go with the full CG creature instead of, like, a uh, practical effect type of thing, we got something else entirely. As a Star Wars fan, I think... I don't really have a problem with it, to be honest. I think... um, I honestly don't have a problem with this one because I feel Episode 2 is so much more worse. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I, I hear a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to see the beginning of Darth Vader. Like, you kind of do, because how the fuck do you become Darth Vader? That, that, that's always been my thing. Like, how the fuck do you do that? How do you go... Like, Darth Vader was a kid at some point. How does that kid become the Dark Lord of the Sith? And I don't know. I, I That's... As a fan... I, I like seeing the... I love seeing those great edits. I'm showing you one of, like, this kind of... Uh, remembrance of, of, the, of the films and stuff like that through the eyes of an old Obi-Wan. And it was really interesting. And I like seeing things like that. Because that's how I kind of see the films when I'm watching this. I'm like, I'm watching this knowing the pain and suffering that's going to inflict. But, like, also the kind of full character arc this kid is going to go through in his life i'm going to give it a three out of three and a half sorry for the long-winded thing. no it's cool yeah. it's cool um for me with this movie and finally re-watching it again all the way through um it definitely has its flaws it the pacing is off there are unnecessary scenes charger is an annoying character and you can definitely see where they wanted to go with the uh series they wanted to go with the nostalgia. They wanted to up the visual effects. It is a experiment on how to do it. It is. It succeeds in those portions of blending visuals, of any the practical. Unfortunately, the dialogue is not very good. <coughs> I don't want to know about the politics. I care less about the bureaucracy. But when it does action and when it does the actual bits that we're going to see a Star Wars movie for and what we go see blockbusters for in general... That's when it becomes a good movie. And you could definitely see that they wanted to make something of this. It doesn't... It sets a tone for what is to come with the prequels. It's definitely a taste. Um, one that Attack of Clones will ruin. But three rectifies. But it's not... A, it's not the worst movie ever. It's not a super bad movie. It's a slightly incompetent movie. A mediocre movie and for that i'll give it a three out of five because you you can see the spark there but the spark is kind of going out at the same time and with that said we have done star wars episode one the phantom menace and we never have to talk about star wars ever again at least probably till next year don't ever show us episode two i'm not gonna show you episode two i'm not gonna put that I, hurt on you child i'm going to have to buy it because I now I have to start the collection. That's what you're going to hear when you buy that movie. <laughs> or the love theme that they made for that movie. 
Why didn't they just use the one for loot? Uh, I guess they could have used the one for Han and Leia, but you know, no, to kind of continue no, the theme of love. No, they got especially it. since fucking Padme is their mom. All right, and if you would like to watch Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace, you can't fucking rent it. So I had to physically buy this shit. Um, it's Thank not a bad much. movie. Yeah, yeah, and I give it to Patrick as a gift. Um, this movie's not that bad, but Disney really is not like allowing people to rent these movies on digital services you have to buy it uh for like 20 bucks or you can go find them on the internet some of you might already have these movies it's actually kind of a pain in the ass honestly they have so right now what they do they have multiple versions of this yes quiet luna they have multiple versions of this so uh what sergio got me was the steel case book of episode one they have one through six currently available Obviously, they have seven and eight, but I don't think they have them in the style that they have the steel books. And yeah. then they have a two box set of prequel trilogy and original trilogy. Original trilogy is the um, enhanced or what was remastered it? remastered edition that George Lucas made. It's not the, the special editions. Yeah. yeah, it's the special edition. It's not the original theatrical cuts. So you guys are shit out of luck if you want to watch that old school stuff. And then there is a single box set with all six movies in there. Yes. I looked up the quality. There's not much difference besides special effects and then them just being together all at once. Yeah. So go ahead, scope those out. And I strongly recommend them. If you haven't seen any of those movies, you should go watch them. Also, if you haven't seen any of those movies and you just spent the last hour or so listening to this podcast, the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you are so lost, my friend. <laughs> what? No, you're lost. Like, you <laughs> they're just no like, idea. oh my god, <laughs> they're doing. They're like, oh, oh my god, they're cursing. What's wrong with them? <laughs> they're on Wikipedia. Like the fat one has such big profanities. <laughs> We're both fat. <laughs> uh, you're chubby. I'm fat. There's a difference. <laughs> so Patrick, we have conquered the ninety summer blockbusters. We have roared in Jurassic Park, and with the Lion King, ironically, both back to back. We braved Batman Forever. Felt like fucking forever. <laughs> we watched Men in Black, in which we got a good Tommy Lee Jones performance. <laughs> <laughs> and the kick-ass beauty that is Will Smith. And we just finished watching Star Wars. Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. So we need a break. We need to chill. We need to relax. We need to go. We need to get smaller. We need to get small. We need to go more independent. Or more just like focus. More indie. Last time around, we did nothing but the 90s independent cinema. So now we're going to the 2000s. Oh. So we're going to start off. This one's kind of a cheat. Is Lost in tra Translation going to be in there? No. But the first one's kind of a cheat. It's not really an indie movie. I did say it promoted a lot. But it is done by someone that actually is well known in the indie scene. It is a film directed by Spike Jones. No. Oh. And we will also be introducing beautiful crazy man, Nicolas Cage. Because we'll be watching an adaptation. Oh. <laughs> Which is... um. Which, in which Nicolas Cage plays uh, Charlie Kaufman, whose work we've covered before with Eternal Sunshine of the Botless Mind. What's up with the wick? What? Oh, because it's, it's supposed to be like a, a screenplay. Oh. Yeah. Oh, clever. Yeah. Oh, you even used the Courier font. Yeah. So, nice. adaptation, that's our first film out the gate. Yeah. <laughs> this is the movie that broke Nicolas Cage. Is it? I don't know. He's no. fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, he is insane. Uh, this, he plays Charlie Kaufman and his uh, brother... And Charlie Kaufman's brother. It's all about uh, him trying to adapt a nonfiction book into a movie. Yeah, I, I read the synopsis. It's like a book about like plants or something. Yeah, like it's that. a book about orchids. And he just doesn't know how to write it. Yes. 
Now we're we're still on the indie front, and we're still doing that. So it's I, like the ultimate movie about a writer having fucking writer's block, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Something I can relate to. I feel like a I feel like a lot of writers who have writer's block have tried yeah. to do this because I've tried to do this. So uh, yes. After this, Vivaldi. Oh, and there you are. Criteria of the month has returned. Woo. I don't think would there ever be a blockbuster with the. Uh, Criterion. There's only two, and the that's The Rock and Armageddon, and never fucking again. <laughs> They're in the Michael Bay. Movies this was the early the early days of Criterion. Oh, when on they DVD. Were, what was their what was their criteria for I adding don't it? Fucking remember. Okay, let's go with it. However, um, there's one director I think I always wanted to cover, but a lot of these movies aren't on the Criterion collection. In fact, only one movie is on the Criterion collection. Mm-hmm. I like Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, cool, PTA Anderson. He only has one film in the Criterion Collection. Punch Drunk Love? It is. That's my favorite movie. It's my favorite P.T. Anderson movie. Yeah, Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. And also, uh, this is where I start changing the things. Oh, So nice. we got a Criterion of the Month logo right there. Look at that. Uh, uh. So now it looks like a Criterion cover. So yeah, we're doing Punch Drunk Love. Uh, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. But I don't I, think... I think I talked about this movie with Matt, and he, I don't think he liked it. Oh. I think he liked it in the beginning, and he's like, yeah, then the more I watched it, the more I didn't like it. I was like, it's a good movie. <laughs> uh, it's a good yeah, movie, so, Conan. <laughs> so, yeah, it's our first out of Silent Movie as well. Um, <laughs> but without the... Yeah, shit! <laughs> my, my, my Adam Sandler is just uh, the new guy from uh, SNL's Adam Sandler. Oh, shit! <laughs> um, so Sorry for your ears, guys. I, I remember really enjoying this movie the f- uh, first time I watched it. Uh, it's good to revisit it. Also... First Philip Seymour Hoffman movie. Oh, fuck. I love that movie. Duh, such a good scene. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Love that yeah. movie, dude. So next. Great performances all After around. this, we are doing a movie that I've been you wanting know, to You watch. know what? It was funny. What? Like Last month, I was thinking about this article I had read about uh, Punch Drunk Love, where someone was saying that this is actually the story about Superman, and that how Adam Sandler's character is Superman. Hmm. Okay. No, it's not as it's not as it's smart weird. as it, it was weird. It's more weird than it is clever. Oh, okay. And they were like, "Oh, here are a bunch of the reasons why he's actually oh, no. Clark Kent <laughs> and and all this other stuff." I was like, "What the fuck, fuck are you on? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So after this, we're actually gonna watch a movie I've been meaning to watch for ages as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a movie, and it is one. How would you put it? It's a movie that started off as an indie movie and then became a musical on Broadway. So we are going to be doing the film Waitress. Is that the chick from Felicity? uh, Felicity? Yes, that's Carrie Russell. In which she plays a waitress at a pie shop. Wow. I added it to this list and it actually has a very interesting backstory, which is also very sad. Mm. So we'll get to that when we get to it. Right, right, right. Unless you want to look it up on your own. And our final movie is a film week revisited so we're Ooh. back to the film week revisited our last one was star trek 2 the wrath of Khan. because any movies i did cover any movies throughout the entire film week run yeah i did um once i did paper heart what else did i cover i covered those are two i did a documentary called dear zachary and i i i uh i found my honda civic apparently <laughs> um, but I also covered a little movie that took place over 500 days of summer. Oh, I haven't seen this movie. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. cool. We're going to do 500 days of summer, sir. Oh, cool. So that is the story of Tom and Summer. 
Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Zoe Deschanel. Our first JGL movie. I know how the movie ends, but I haven't seen I haven't seen him go through it. I just know how it ends. Oh yeah, okay, so you know how it ends. So once again, we will be doing those for our indie 2000. That sounds horrible. <laughs> Adaptation. Punch Dark Love for a Criterion of the Month, Waitress, and 500 Days of Summer. How does the lineup sound okay? Yeah, sounds good. I've been meaning to watch 500 Days of Summer. Yeah, I, I put it on the list because of that. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to make him watch it somehow. <laughs> oh, wait. I covered it five years ago. What do you know? <laughs> Looks like I'm going to make him watch a movie. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying it like that. Funny enough, when I originally wrote that, I actually had someone write with me on that review. Her name was Summer. Oh, wow. Did yeah. you seek her out or what? Or... No, I had worked with her in the journalism newsroom. Oh, okay, and her awesome. name was Summer. And she's she actually is like, what's on your list? I was like, I'm not shitting you. I have 500 days of Summer. She's like, I'll write it with you. <laughs> I was like, cool. All right, nice. good. Um, funny enough, I think that I forgot when I covered that movie. I think I just covered that movie fucking randomly. So, yeah, that's it. That will do us for here. Uh, uh, for us. For here. Jesus, <laughs> that will do it for us here on the Film of Week podcast. Thank you. And this shit's running already an hour and a half. So we're going to do the socials really fucking quick. And you get the fuck out of here. Mm, <laughs> uh, uh, Pasha the Great, uh, Instagram, Tumblr, uh, Humane Ramblings on Twitter. Uh, you can find me, Serge Brett, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, into that. You can find us. This beautiful podcast hosted on FilmWeekPodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook at FilmWeekPodcast, Instagram and Twitter at FilmWeek. Also find us across all podcast apps except for Spotify. Woo! We did that shit. Good job. Great job. And we always end with an out-of-context line from the film. Seriously, this has been going on too long. We're just going to get to the point. Join us next time. We'll be doing what movie are we doing again? Adaptation, that's right. Thank you, Patrick. And as always, we end with out of context line for the film. Yippee!